Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Siempre la afición se estremece con pasión cuando quedas entre todos campeón. Y se ve frente al balón a un equipo de verdad que esta tarde de ambiente llenará. Hello everyone, welcome back to Partido Partido Podcast, the English speaking podcast about all things Atleti. Uh, welcome to a special episode as we have uh, a special guest with us. Uh, please welcome Michael. Uh, how are you doing, Michael? I'm very good. It's a pleasure to be on here. I'm very, very excited. I've been listening to you guys for a good few months uh, of weeks now, and it's great to be on here. You know, the best, the best English-speaking Atleti podcast, you know. And there's a lot to talk about for Let's Go as well, so let's get to it, I reckon. Oh, uh, thanks a lot for coming today. We're very excited to have you on. And uh, uh, as always, Emmanuel is here with me. Uh, how are you doing, Emmanuel? And I'm doing good at that. Just a week now, we just beat... <laughs> Barca last week and kept a clean sheet and today is also happy Naruto's day so it's been a great day for me. Brilliant. Um, so you just mentioned the Barcelona game. Uh, a 2-0 uh, win in the Wanda Metropolitano. Uh, a fantastic atmosphere uh, with the fans back. Uh, uh, the stadium back to 100% capacity. Uh, can you uh, tell us about the game? Emmanuel? Well, it was really a great game for Maleti, especially in the first half. And Maleti started the game brilliantly. They high-pressed Barcelona for the first two minutes and were successful in doing that, given the against passes were not accurate. But Barca found a way to bypass that, and Maleti dropped deep a, dropped deep a, deep a bit. But overall, Maleti really did well in that first half. They defended brilliantly, chose the moments to attack, 
and we brave in possession on in certain moments. And what really caught the eye, I'm sure, for everybody who watched the game was Thomas Lemar's movement, where there was Joao Felix's moments of magic and the rest. But Felix, Lemar's movement was really great. I think going to the game, Cholo had played with Felix, given Felix had to play and put players out of position. And the interior midfielders, which in that game were Lemar and Rodrigo De Paul, were to fit into those spaces. And in the earlier on the game, Lemar actually started on the right. And around the second minute, there was a link up with Suarez, which in my opinion, Suarez would have played a better pass. That could have been the first chance of the game. But going on, I think Lemar really did well in that his movements were brilliant. If you read um, Captain Gazzola's newsletter, if you don't know him, you follow him on Twitter, I think you would see he talked about Aleti applying the 10-man concept. In which, well, if you are like me, we have been hearing about it, or you don't really know much about it. The ten man's concept is like a concept in which they are dribbling. It's a combination between three players, and you have to pass the ball to a certain player, but he has been blocked. So what happens now is that you use another player to then give the ball to him. So that was what was happening. In which, for example, in the first goal, I think Felix passed the ball to Suarez and all Suarez. Suarez then now played Lemar in behind and that created a chance for Lemar, which that was the first goal. And that was that was something we repeated. Carrasco playing the ball to Felix. All of the Barca defenders' attention on. We saw the similar thing before Suarez could make it 2-0. So overall, I think Aliti has been evolving in position and well, I don't know much about the position, but there are some concepts in which Aliti has been applying and which have been great. Like I said in the game, Aleti defended brilliantly, but there were moments in which Aleti's rest defense, when I talk about rest defense last podcast, it is these are technologies which are coming up and it is technically was developed in Germany and it is talking about how well you are able to stop counter-attacks when you are attacking in the opposition final third. That is something that has been a problem for Aleti all season, in my opinion. It was evident against Getafe, was evident against Alves, was even evident against Milan. But in that game against Barcelona, I think Aleti's race defense was really great given we attacked well, we attacked well, but we were also cautious. That means we set up brilliantly such a way that if we lose the ball, we were able to win it back great. I think the game against Barcelona has Aleti's not only the best, but the most comfortable Aleti's performance. And that really says a lot about how Barcelona are at the moment. Brilliant. Um, uh, Michael, uh, who, in your opinion, uh, were the best performers uh, in in that game? Um, I, mean, I don't want to say the obvious too much. But I thought Lamar was just exceptional. I think there's a nice cyclical nature to the fact that he had this amazing performance in front of a full uh, Wonder, and the last time the fans saw him with the Wonder, he was not at that level at all. So it's just kind of that massive contrast, and I think. He was just so good in those little half spaces, you know, picking up the ball, one goal, one assist, two key passes. He was, he's almost essential now to Atletico. He needs to start most games. I think the contrast with the Alaves game as well, where he didn't start and it was DePaul Lorente instead, was pretty stark. Of course, that's not a reflection of DePaul and Lorente. They're still very good players, but Lamar just adds something different in the sense that, you know, DePaul Lorente are very sort of physical players. He's just such a creative player who creates spaces so well and he does link up with the forwards quite well. I also thought 
um, Savage and Jimenez were really good at the back. I thought partly down to Barcelona having so much of the ball, but you know Jimenez and Savage were so assured in the, at the back that it never really felt like there was any danger. And I think Emmanuel was right to pick up on the fact that this is probably Atletico's most complete performance because. You know, I think against Alaves, Hitafe, Milan before the red card, there was so much just insecurity and just general anxiety. But throughout the game, Barcelona, and they made 700 odd passes, had 70 odd percent of the ball, but it never felt like they were particularly threatened apart from one or two moments. But just generally, Atletico felt like they were in so much control. And I think that really lends itself to the fact that you know, they have players like Lamar who who's so productive when he's on the ball he doesn't really he doesn't he's not he's quite direct he isn't really diver which is a bit of a contrast to how he was when he came so and then when you've got a short defenders like Jimenez and Savage who I think have been both excellent this season Jimenez especially has managed to put behind most of his injury issues and he started six games out of eight which is pretty good for him and then Savage as well you know Anyone who watched Atletico last season knows how good he is. So it's no surprise that he started all eight games. And against Barcelona, he was just just really good. Just really solid. Yeah, it was a solid display from uh, all the defenders. I think uh, even uh, Hermoso as well uh, mm -hmm. had a pretty good game uh, on the left. Um, now, uh, another player uh, we should talk about is uh, João Felix, uh, who had an, an exceptional game uh, as well. Uh, he didn't really have the numbers, he uh, didn't score, didn't have any assist, but uh, he was essential in both goals. Uh, he was part of the uh, triangles uh, Atletico created in, in attack. Uh, he was passing to Lamar, uh, uh, to, uh, who found Suarez uh, for the second goal, and of course, uh, a, a great trick uh, to take uh, Araujo out, out of position, uh, find uh, Luis Suarez, who played uh, a brilliant through ball, uh, uh, to Lamar. Uh, now, uh, is this a sign of things to come for Felix? Uh, do you think this uh, we're starting uh, to see the return of uh, the best version of uh, Zhao, uh, which we saw last season before his injury, Michael? Uh, I hope so. I really hope so, because I think <clears throat> this was his first start of the season. He's only been featured in three other games. I think he's only played around. 120 minutes. It still is early, but I thought he was just the player that let's go thought they were going to get. You know, his link up with Lamar and Suarez is so good, and he's just so intelligent. And he really, when he does start, I feel like, and when he's playing well, for all Correa and Griezmann are really good, and they're good in different aspects. I think Felix just adds a different dimension, and especially his link up with Lamar was something we saw a bit last season. And I think, you know, if they can maintain that, and if Felix can maintain some fitness, then potentially we could see the best of him. But even if he does maintain his fitness, I, it's it's not like he won't start. It's just I can't see Griezmann and Correa just not playing. So like it's going to be different. It's just there's just so many options almost at the moment. Um, you know, only three players in Atletico's squad have started all eight games, which seems quite low. And the forwards, you know, you've got Cunha to compete, Correa, Griezmann, Suarez, you know, as much as they could play with three forwards, I still think Atletico's midfield is best served with three central midfielders. So, but most definitely, I think you know Felix. If he can get any sort of continuity, it's going to be really good because he does make Atletico better, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Emmanuel, 
uh, I mean, uh, it was a very solid display from, uh, I think, everyone uh, who, who started the game. Uh, however, uh, Carrasco con uh, continued uh, his uh, poor form. Uh, he wasn't really very uh, decisive uh, down the uh, left-hand side, uh, apart from uh, that uh, pass where he found Felix, uh, who played a through ball to Suarez. Uh, and uh, Llorente as well, uh, while he did have a solid second half when uh, Trippier came on, uh, who uh, uh, I think had the uh, his best match of the season so far, uh, in, in the first half uh, he was uh, wasn't as 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 decisive as he was last season. Let's put it that way. Uh, do you think that's uh, a, a worrying sign uh, for Atletico at the moment? Well, for Carrasco, I'm not too worried about him, given that, in fact, given his performances over the international break. I think with Carrasco, we see him at his best when he receives the ball facing the opponent. I think most of the games we have seen in which he has been poor has been due to the fact that he's receiving the ball with his back to the opponent. And he's not really good at maybe turning, but he likes to have that one-v-one situations in which he's able to beat the defender and get into the box and provide assists or give key passes. But this season, it has been difficult for him because he has been receiving the ball while backing the opponent and opponents already know him, especially from how good he was last season. So when he's backing, they can become tight to him. But at, or the opponents are ganging up on him. I think we have rarely seen Carrasco have a one-v-one -one situation this season, but He's among the top five dribblers per 90 in La Liga. So I think with time, he's going to be at his best, given what I've seen at the, for the international break with Belgium. I think it all comes down to not having preseason. Condomia spoke in his interview and said preseason make him to be fresh, and that is why he's, he has had a good start to the season. I think the not having preseason has affected so many players' performances. Well, with Carrasco, I'm not so bothered. The season just started and I'm hoping as the season goes on, we are going to see the best of him. And I'm sure this is something Cholo will rectify. And please, also coming to Felix, I think the reason why Felix had such a brilliant game against Barcelona was the fact that he was able to roam around freely. And like what we saw at the start of last season. So him able to do that was just fantastic. And like Michel said, he's not sure Felix is going to start many games. And I'm also, I agree with him on that. And that is down to the fact that the game, depending on how Cholo plans to approach a certain game, will de depend on which of the four start. Will it be Korea? Will it be Felix? Or will it be Griezmann? So that will vary given according to our opponent. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there, there's, there are too many players uh, to play uh, in just two, uh, two positions and uh, just one if, if you uh, include Suarez who uh, will most likely start uh, most games uh, and you can't really play much uh, with that uh, uh, and play uh, let's say uh, two of those players at the same time uh, because then you'll be uh, taking uh, one of the midfielders out and uh, we saw how that went uh, against uh, Espanyol and against Alaves. Uh, it, it, the, I, I think uh, most people would say uh, would, would have would have predicted that uh, Atletico would have been more offensive in those games, but uh, we saw nothing was working. Uh, there was just uh, nothing uh, moving through the midfield. Uh, it was uh, a, a horrible mess. Uh, the both both of those games, uh, Michael. Uh, is it fair to say that the lineup uh, Simeone started 
against Barcelona is the uh, best lineup uh, to use uh, moving on? Um, I think the I think he's I think there should be no more. I don't, as much as like it makes sense to play with three players up front, so you have two players with Suarez because they do have the options, and ideally you'd want Felix Correa and Griezmann, like two of them, to start together with Suarez. I just don't think it's it's that good because I think there's just enough. There's no midfield there, and it often gets bypassed, and Atletico then kind of lose control. So I think he's definitely needs. I think Cholo definitely needs to stick with the the three five two because obviously he had Coque, De Paul, and Lamar in midfield against Barcelona, which is a lot more comfortable. Um, I think for me, I would I'd be tempted to drop Lorente and give Trippier and De Paul a go, but also I'd be completely fine if you wanted to play Lorente and Trippier because I think when Trippier's on, Lorente's a lot better. I'd, I'd definitely be starting. Trippier at right back or right wing back even I just think he's he's had a bit of a, a rough start to the season things haven't gone as well he hasn't isn't he started five out of eight games which is is not bad but he was used to starting most games last season um but I think last game like you said Tara I think he he had a really good game he came on 46 minute or something and he was really encouraging and I think it makes sense to start him against Grada when Grada are going to sit off and you want Trippier's link up with Lorente to break through the lines and you want that um, as far as the forwards go I think it really depends on the opponent I think you know someone like Suarez and Felix I'd probably go again with uh, Granada but I think against Liverpool you'd want something maybe a bit different maybe you'd want Correa and Griezmann uh, a bit more legs but I think really you've got to be sticking with a 3-5-2 in my opinion because I think that's where Let's Go look their best and they look just most the most comfortable and even then, you know, I haven't even mentioned Jeffrey Condombio, who I think has been very good this season so far. And, you know, he could come into the side feasibly. It's just a bit of a minefield, really. I don't really envy uh, Diego Simeone at all for this selection dilemma. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, uh, uh, I mean, we, we have seen it before uh, this season and last season uh, that uh, Atletico started the game uh, with the 3-5-2 uh, formation and then switching to 4-4-2 uh, if things aren't uh, going well. Uh, taking Hermoso out for Lodi and uh, maybe subbing Kondogbia in uh, to add uh, uh, more stability to the midfield. Um, so, yeah, l like I said, it, there are just uh, so many options. Uh, it is uh, such a headache for Simeone, but uh, it's very refreshing uh, to see Atletico with this kind of depth. Uh, we haven't really seen it at all uh, in, in recent seasons, have we? No, no, I think it's it is very encouraging, and this is we haven't even mentioned you know Hector Herrera, and you just mentioned Renan Lodi is someone who also offers something different as a kind of more conventional fullback. I'd still start Carrasco over him in the wingback role, but I think if you want to play four four two, you got to start Lodi. Um, but yeah, no, it is really encouraging. I think you know Atletico's next three games: you got Granada, Liverpool, then La Real. You know that's three very different opponents, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see a completely different midfield three and front two in, the, in, all, in, all, in all those three games because I think that Alesco can afford to do that and it would make sense because they're all different opponents and they all require different things you know Granada are going to sit off Alesco and try and restrict them ideally you'd want you, I think you'd probably want Trippier and Lorente you'd probably want Lamar and Carrasco maybe you want Felix as well just all just to bulk up the creativity then when you get to Liverpool it's just a completely different dynamic 
you know, Atletico aren't going to be dominating that game. They're going to be sitting off them. You know, I wouldn't really want Suarez in that position. Him as the kind of lone striker, I'd want Griezmann and Correa, given their kind of pace and energy. And then Lariel as well as a different dynamic to their team that have done very well in uh, La Liga this season. You know, they're, they're third. They've only lost one game. They're just a really comfortable team who like to keep the ball, but sometimes they're willing to play without it. So I think those three games are, are all different challenges and it's really is encouraging. Like you said, that Atletico have these options and they can afford to play different systems and different midfield dynamic uh, duos and midfield trios and the forward trios, and which is encouraging. Hopefully, we'll get three wins, but we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, it remains to be seen if the Granada game will be uh, uh, suspended, uh, mm-hmm. like uh, what happened uh, with uh, uh, Sevilla and Barca, uh, mm-hmm. since the players are returning from the uh, international duty. Uh, now, uh, Emmanuel, uh, let's talk about uh, the uh, the struggles we have mentioned uh, a lot uh, in in recent episodes. Uh, against uh, Milan, uh, even though uh, the start of the game was very poor, uh, we did see a lot of improvement uh, after the red card, uh, obviously. And uh, in the second half, there were uh, some very encouraging signs. Uh, and uh, against Barca, I think it was uh, an, an exceptional game. Uh, do you think uh, uh, Simeone has finally uh, found the solution uh, to those uh, problems? Well, I don't think all Simone has done that well. I'm saying so because Barca's current state is, to be honest, really bad because they are one of the worst teams at the moment to defend in counter-attacking situation and all of Aleti's goals came from such a, such a situation. Also, I think Aleti struggled a lot in that Barca game to deal with the runs of Fran- Frankie de Jong. And I'm sure that was something they would have practiced before the game. But they struggled so much dealing with the run because the amount of penalties, penalty entries Barcelona had in that game were from Frankie's the young runs or the dangerous moments they had. So I'm thinking of Liverpool and I'm thinking of Real Sociedad, I'm thinking of Oyazabal, I'm thinking of Salah, I'm thinking of Mani, and I'm thinking Savi struggled a lot on the right with Lorente as a wing back, and I hope Cholo doesn't go with that. And I'm thinking the midfielders were not tracking the runners or the centre-backs were not moving along with the, those who were running. So I'm really kind of not sure and I'm not taking so much from that Barcelona game. Well, there are positives to take for me, like Felix's performance, the link-up in the attack and all that. But I think defending-wise, Barcelona did not really test us, test us enough. And the time in which they were able to test us, we, we really struggled. To be honest, if Barcelona were just had that cutting edge in that final third, um, and I'm very sure they would have punished Aleti from one of those Frankie de Jong's runs into the box. So I'm not really that confident in saying going to a Liverpool game where it's Aleti and I'm backing my team to win. But given from the mistakes, I don't think the mistakes are all and all gone. And I think those mistakes are still there. I'm saying so because the individual errors, we saw that from him also, in which almost gave he gave Coutinho a chance. Thank God for Black. And with lapse in concentration, that was evident from Savish in that game. I'm saying so because when I watched the game the first time, I was looking at the negative because it was a very positive game. But looking at it again, they were positive for me. So I'm still thinking, like I talk about our rest defense, I think we are still liable to counter attacks. I think we, we are not so good in, on possession. I'm saying so because 
the first goal wouldn't have happened without him also. So I'm thinking against Larian, against Liverpool, which are not going to have so much of the ball, we will need him also to start because he may not be the best defender, but what he offers on the ball is so great to the team and it was so evident last season and it was evident in that game against Barcelona. So I think the the Barca game just what I would say is put patch, just put tape on our crack, the cracks in the team, but it, it was not, it's not apply glue to it. So I still have my doubts and maybe the game against Granada, which will be a deep block because we have struggled against deep block this season, should it hold, or maybe against Liverpool, dealing with corn runners or we don't have a lot of time on the ball. So I think those, the next three games will really say a lot about the progress we have made. But having so many of the players not on international duty like Lima, Felix and Condombia, I'm really happy because it gives Cholo time to work with them. And I think I also agree with Michel on the fact that I will not want somebody like Suarez against Liverpool, to be honest. Because I think we all know Liverpool are going to dominate position and Alicic's best, best, best chance is going to come on the counter. And Suarez's link-up at the moment has not been great. So I think going for someone like Griezmann, I'm hoping he shows up like a striker. And that means the movement, not giving the centre-backs people to mark, will be evident. So to be honest, I'm still sceptical of Alicic this season. They have been good and we have seen the worst and best and worst of Alicic this season. So... I think with some games, like maybe the next three opponents who are tough, or maybe especially Real Sociedad and Liverpool, I think that may put the give clear on my mind a bit. But that's not me saying that our performance against Barcelona was, was luck or was bad. No, we did well against Barcelona, but it was Barcelona. Uh, no, uh, you did say uh, we need Hermoso at the top of his game uh, against Liverpool. Uh, he he will definitely start. Uh, let's let's uh, uh, get that out of the way since uh, uh, Savage is obviously suspended uh, for both games and uh, Jimenez uh, is a, a doubt for the game against Liverpool uh, since he picked up uh, an injury uh, with uh, Uruguay. So uh, it remains uh, to be seen uh, what uh, Simeone will, will go for uh, against Liverpool. But uh, maybe a 4 4 2 formation with Felipe and Hermoso uh, at the back, uh, uh, depending on uh, uh, Jimenez, uh, how, how long how long uh, he's out for. Uh, Michael, uh, would you like to add anything to what uh, Emmanuel just said? Um, no, I think Emmanuel like, covered everything pretty well there. I think you definitely want him most of starting. I think just he's just so key to Atletico. And he is just a really good player and he's just almost perfect left-sided centre-back. You can bring the ball out both carrying it and passing it and it just makes sense to have him given his you know, his potential line-breaking passes, which are going to be very important against Granada and Liverpool and Lariel for all reasons, if the Granada game goes ahead. And, yeah, I think it might be interesting to see if maybe against Liverpool, Kondogbia starts. Maybe he's the kind of more of like, maybe have Kondogbia, Koke and Lamar play a bit more conservative, maybe, but we'll see, I guess. Don't know if you guys have any yeah. thoughts on that. Uh, well, I'm for Kondogbia starting. Well, mm. against Liverpool, we know we are going to be chasing the ball and having Colombia is great. I'm saying so because he has taken, he has been booked a lot and for silly, silly fouls, but he's, he has the engine. Like he said in his interview this weekend, he's ready to give the, help the team at any moment and I'm, give, I'm sure he's amongst the most fit players in the team. So having him against Liverpool, he's fit, concentration is great. And though his ball exit, that means him switching play, 
has been improved this season. But if he can do that faster against Liverpool, then I think, to be honest, I'm maybe sensing him having a very good performance against Liverpool, given his stats and place as the anchor in midfield. Okay, so uh, we, uh, yeah, I do, I do agree. Uh, Kondogbia uh, is, uh, let's say, is essential uh, when uh, Atletico are trying to defend. Uh, he's by far the uh, the midfielder that uh, covers best for the uh, defenders, and uh, he's definitely a a. I think the the best option to have uh, if you're uh, scared of uh, the midfield uh, being run off, which uh, could uh, very much happen against Liverpool uh, with their uh, pressing. Uh, so uh, we can't really rely on uh, Koke, you know, being the defensive midfielder. I don't think uh, in in that game. So uh, yeah, I, I I agree with Manuel. I I will I would start Kondogbia. So uh, that covers the. Uh, the uh, mid midfield competition uh, and uh, we did talk about uh, the uh, preferred lineup uh, going forward uh, emmanuel uh, against liverpool uh, which, which would you prefer going with a 352 formation or a 442 well i think i will go with the 352 i'm saying so because i'm expecting carrasco to be a check in that game I'm watching Liverpool's Liverpool's games again. Liverpool's game against Man City or their games, their previous games. I noticed that City targeted Liverpool's right hand side a lot, and that was because of Trent. In the previous game, it was Milner that was there, but there was nothing much different. Liverpool kind of overloaded. That means overcrowded. Liverpool, um, sorry, City overcrowded Liverpool's left hand, right hand side, and it caused a lot of damage. And with Foden, Grealish, they caused a lot of damage to. To Liverpool, I'm guessing against a team in which we are going to be defending deep. Klopp isn't going to play Milner but play Trent if given his feet because he's going to need Trent's creative passing from deep areas or from wide areas. So I'm expecting us now to exploit that space behind Trent. Oh, Carrasco is very good in 1v1 situations, so I'm expecting us to have 1v1 situations against Trent. And I'm sure Carrasco is gonna is going to have a very good time playing against him if such situations arise. So I'm choosing the 3 5 2 because. Liverpool's right hand side seems to be weak, and also I go for three five two because I would like to have Korea and Korea and Griezmann up top, giving both a good both have their energy to make runs. And against City, Liverpool or against City and Brentford, Liverpool did not do well tracking runners. That means the midfielders were not tracking runners. Something a little struggle to do against Barcelona. So I'm expecting us to use that to advantage. And with Griezmann his movement into the box, Korea has shown that. He's not only able to fit player, but he's also one willing to make a run. So I'm expecting those players to make those runs, and I'm just saying so because I want Lorente to be in that midfield with Trippi and him making those runs and those Liverpool midfielders and maybe not tracking him back, and we know what is going to happen. So I watched Liverpool games, and I, those, were two, those, those were the two weaknesses in which I saw in their game, given that they don't track runners and their right-hand side seems to be the weakest at the moment. But it's not going to be easy because we are going to have some. So I'm expecting him also to really do a lot. And he's athletic, but he will need to be he will need to be more physical because he's at the top of his game and he's one of the most physical forwards in which I do in the moment. So it will not be an easy game, but I choose the 3-5-2. But I'm saying so because I don't trust either of him also and 
Philippe playing a back two. Where we have not seen much of that before. I can't recall, but I don't think we have seen that. So I would think of the 3-5-2, given hopefully Sarge Jimenez will be ready, but if he's not ready, that I'm not sure if Avishi's suspension is over. But if it's over, then the 3-5-2 for me. And in the midfield, Kondombia, Koke, Lorente. I know the ball will bring much, but him, he can impact the game as a substitute. Sorry, Emma, excuse me. Kondombia, we have Lorente, and we have Koke. Well, or maybe Lema. Given Koke is going to be playing in the final today, and you play lots of international games. But having Koke on the pitch is great for Alexis discipline, but him or Lema, in my opinion, I just want Lorente to be there because his off-the-ball runs are going to cause a lot of problems for Liverpool. And like we have seen this season, when it has click, it affects the opposition, be it when you are defending a high line, when you are defending a deep block. So no matter how you defend mid-block, that connection causes lots of damage to the opposition. And especially given that we are going to be counter-attacking against Liverpool. So it's really tough. Like Michel said, he doesn't want to be in Cholo shoes. And I just writing the line up down. I'm checking it and I'm a little bit confused. But to be honest, I want the 3-5-2 and I want Rente and Trippier to be starters and Carrasco too. Because we're using those guys, we can exploit Liverpool's winners and we can have a good result against Liverpool. I think Emmanuel's just said everything that I wanted to say, basically. I think it's perfect to have Carrasco. You think you want the 3-5-2 to get the best out of him. You want Carrasco to play high and wide to really pin Trent back. Also because then Trent won't be able to go forward, especially he is a massive creative and ball progressive player for Liverpool. And I think you know you want him to be pushing Trent back to get beyond him, making runs beyond him, trying to get him one-on-one, which is what you were, where you want Carrasco. You want him on that left wing, cutting inside or going to the byline, just sort of causing a nuisance, basically. And I think the call to have Correa and Griezmann makes perfect sense as well. These are two players who they can push high and wide. They can, they can play. They can, they can play with each other. They've got a good connection already. They've got a good relationship from, from before. Uh, obviously, it's a fair, fair while ago, but I don't see why they can't build something up again. And I think they're the perfect players to push back Liverpool's high line, which ultimately creates space for players like Lorente, who you know you want him linking up with Trippier, which makes sense. And then that. That that space comes from Correa and Griezmann really pushing Liverpool's line and you know pulling them around. You know they don't. Let's go. Don't have to have a lot of the ball to still manipulate Liverpool's back line. They can just if those, as long as they've got willing runners who are willing to run beyond Liverpool's defence and push the fullbacks back and keep the fullbacks pinned back, which is going to be quite key as well because you know a lot a lot does go through the wings of Liverpool. Um, then I've I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm confident, but there's no reason why Let's Go can't get a result if they're going to do something like that, in my opinion. It's going to be hard, yeah. but I think, I think that's the best, the best mode of action, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, Michelle, I think you have, what you just added is like, you just added spice to what I It's very true. Because mm-hmm. Liverpool, will, they win, the Liverpool will be normally wary of the Czech Korea and Sorry, excuse me, Carrasco and Lorente and Chipiak possesses on the wing. So I think the Salah maybe Salah and Mane will be taxed to come help defensively. Well, both are athletic, but I think Mane does a very good job defensively more than Salah. So mm-hmm. I think that will force them not to really commit a lot forward and, like you said, push their lines um, a little bit deep, so deeper. So, but I, you know, what you just said is okay, and that will that means we have to do a lot from our from our midfielders. The reason why I think I was going with Lemar was because he's dynamic, he helps offensively and defensively. He's, I can say he's, at the moment, while he just tactically, I don't want to say Xavi, but he has that tactical understanding of the game in which on the ball, he knows where to be, what to do. He like, what he does 
like adjusts the other players' positions and Ovid is able. I think if we have watched the games in which he has played, it's really that of Villarreal. Carrasco has made a run up the pitch and Alicia has lost the ball. He intelligently covers for Carrasco and as a Carrasco is gradually coming back, he's shifting back into the... I just think having him is a positive. So, if we, to my opinion, if you can have him and Lorente as the interior midfielders, I think we possess a lot of threat. But that, and to be honest, both, are very, both have very good work rates. I know last season, Kukuke was the one who played as the anchor, but I think having Kondubia in that game well, I know Koke is very important and a little depend on him, but to be honest, in that game, um, I see one of Koke's biggest fans, but I've been thinking, have, not having him in the game, that means him not starting, I don't really think it's a bad idea for a little, well, we know about discipline issue, but looking at it tactically, well, I'm not expert, but I've just been looking at it from my own point of view, and I'm saying, having Lemar, Lorente, Carrasco, that means we have players who are good offensively, but they also have that willingness and that tactical understanding to defend, I mean, they don't just run and defend in numbers, but they run intelligently, covering space. So, it is really difficult, but, well, let's see how Ch- Cholo goes. He always surprises us. Okay. Um, now, uh, uh, Michael, uh, in light of uh, the uh, Jimenez injury, uh, what would you think of uh, Kandogbia uh, starting uh, in in uh, uh, in a three, uh, three at the back uh, with uh, Hermoso and uh, and Felipe, it doesn't it doesn't really fill me with confidence. I think you know we've seen with like when Lorente sometimes plays right wing back, and it's the same with Valverde for Real Madrid. Is like they're they're capable defenders, and Kudopi is the same, but they're not used to defending in that position. Like defending from a right fullback or from a centre back is quite different to defending from the midfield. So I think while Kudopi has the skills. In terms of you know his basic athleticism, his physicality, he's comfortable on the ball. He can bring the ball. He can do that role that kind of Savage and him as I kind of grown to do. I think that I'd still be a bit nervous about his kind of defensive. Like, I'm not saying he's a bad defender. It's just he's not used to playing from a centre back role, and it is like different to defending from midfield. But it really depends on the opponent. I think against Liverpool, it'd be a bit. Nervous. I just hope that Jimenez is okay because I think he's been very good this season so far. And I think his, I think I saw something on Twitter like his his dual win rate or something was like the highest in the whole league, something ridiculous, like eighty five percent, which is just extraordinary considering you know, he still played six games over five hundred minutes, and I think he'll be a huge loss for Kondopia. But yeah, to cut it short, I think Kondopia. Yes, he does. He has the skills to do the role. It's just I'd be nervous about how he's just he's just not used to it at like a top flight level, in my opinion. Yeah, he only played there uh, for one game uh, this mm-hmm. season, while and uh, he did well. But uh, uh, I think uh, with uh, Savage and Jimenez out, uh, I'd be nervous uh, about any defense we have uh, starting yeah. uh, uh, with four at the back with uh, maybe Lodi, Hermoso, Felipe, and Trippier. Uh, that seems just as shaky to me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think. Savage was so good last season and he's really continued that year started. He's played every single minute in the league so far and it shows, you know, he really just make a huge difference. And his he's got a good relationship with Trippier as well, defensively. They both seem to be pretty switched on. It make it's you can tell when uh, like you said, Tara earlier, when Trippier doesn't start, Savage is a little bit less confident. And same with him and as he's been exceptional so far. And I think a back four of Lodi Felipe Hermoso and Trippier does not fill me with confidence either, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> well, 
Um, I think well, it's, I've been listening to Cholo's talk on with the boss cage before we record the podcast, and I think well, system matters, but we can still start with the a back four, but the rules of the players may change. We may start with a back four, but we defend in, with a back six. So I think systematically, it, it, at the moment, the best systems that goes with what we are all we are agreeing on playing against Liverpool is the three five two. But well, they can they can be other systems in which we can still bring out the best of Lorente Trippi and also have Carrasco out wide. Uh, we have received uh, uh, a question uh, from Bert uh, asking uh, what are uh, your thoughts uh, on the midfield competition and uh, who deserves a starting role uh, in a three-man midfield. Uh, uh, Michael, what do you think? Uh, I'll be brief because I think I've already kind. I think I kind of inadvertently answered this question earlier, but. Starting midfield, I guess, for me, it's still, in an ideal situation, it's still Koke, Lorente and Lamar. I think team-dependent, you could see DePaul coming in for Lorente, then Lorente at wing-back, where you could see Kondobi playing in the pivot. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think of other options you could play. The heck, you know, Herrera, I just don't think is is pretty far away from the starting lineup right now. I don't think I'd, I'd think about starting him. So for me, it's the, the three from last season, really, who I think who have such a good understanding of each other. Uh, Emmanuel, what do you think? Well, I, I will agree with Michelle on that. I think, well, I know but our performance against Barca was one of the best, but Atleti's best performance this season, in my opinion, is that first half against Villarreal, in which we saw the team from last season. Suarez, it was Suarez and Correa, Carrasco as a wingback, Trippier, Lorente, Lemar, Koki, Savic, Jimenez and Hemusu Oblak. So I think Aleti's best three is what Michelle just said, our three of last season. Because I think I just also said something similar to the Liverpool game. Lemar has the tactical understanding and the willingness to track back and also offer a lot on the ball. Lorente has that energy despite not having the same maybe tactical awareness as Lemar while tracking back. But I think that is the best thing at the moment because having those two players helping Koke defensively and Koke's ability to dictate the game from deep it offers a lot. So at the moment, as it, even though we have other players like Michel said, Herrera, Colombia, and Rodrigo Depo. So like the midfield from last season is what I go with. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, uh, now, uh, I, I do agree with that, but uh, uh, I, I do think uh, if... Uh, Irente, uh, I, I don't think uh, we've seen the best version of him so far uh, this season. So uh, I, I would be in favor of uh, maybe starting uh, DePaul or Condogbia in his place, uh, depending on the match. Uh, they, they have, uh, uh, I think, in my, in my opinion, uh, played uh, uh, overall better uh, than Irente. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm sure uh, Yorente will improve uh, as the season progresses. And uh, uh, I mean, it, it, it will depend on the opponent, but uh, for, for my money, I, I would go for uh, DePaul at the moment uh, ahead of Yorente. Uh, uh, now, uh, we have uh, another question, and uh, it's uh, about the transfer market. Um, uh, we saw uh, Atletico were, uh, behind, were trying to sign uh, Dusan Vlahovic uh, in the summer, uh, they ultimately failed uh, and uh, uh, Fiorentina were uh, confident that they will be able uh, to get him to renew his contract, uh, but uh, their owner uh, 
stated uh, a few days ago that uh, their uh, renewal uh, talks have collapsed and uh, he will uh, be in the final year of his contract uh, this summer. Uh, so he would be open to selling him in January. Uh, Michael, do you think it'd be wise uh, to go for him uh, in the winter transfer window or uh, do you think uh, uh, Atletico should try to do it in the summer? Um, a lot of this is fee dependent. I think that <clears throat> when they were looking at him over summer, was it not something like 70 million euros or something, which is a lot of money and like was popularly noted, while Atletico do lack a number, another number nine, they definitely don't lack forwards. So maybe you'd question whether, you know, maybe they, maybe not sell Cunha because he's only just come here, but like, you'd want to sell a, a, one of the one of the second strikers before you got another forward almost because then just be so top heavy. But I think Atletico do need another number nine because it can't just be Suarez leading the line and like we've already addressed we've already kind of mentioned in passing like his limitations when let's go haven't got the ball and his link up play hasn't been that great this season he's very much kind of just a penalty box striker at this point um, which isn't a bad thing it's just the way he is um, but for me I'd be holding off until the summer I think because there isn't going to be a huge rush for clubs to buy heavy in the winter, I think I think, the think they'd be want to assess their options and see how much money they got for the summer. So I don't think there'll be like a bidding war for Vlahovic, but I guess we'd see. I mean, I'm, de- I'm definitely not against it. It's just I completely recognise why people want him. You know, Let's Go do need another number nine, but it's just another forward, which Let's Go don't need. Um, but it's difficult because if he is on a good deal, then you can't really say no. You know, what happens next summer? Does Suarez leave and Vlahovic takes his place? That seems like a pretty good deal to me. I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on this. Um, I mean, I definitely want uh, Vlaovic. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's a 21-year-old who just scored uh, 21 goals in Serie A last season, and uh, he's off to a good start this season as well. Um, now, uh, you, you, as you have said, uh, Atletico have just too many forwards, uh, and uh, you know, getting another one would only, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, more depth, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. there there is uh, a you know a point where uh, I mean it it becomes uh, a bigger problem than it is uh, a blessing uh, with sure. the players maybe uh, unhappy on the bench and uh, uh, yeah it's it's tough uh, to to keep the uh, this uh, these players uh, happy without uh, a lot of playing time uh, now. Uh, if uh, Simeone is thinking of uh, maybe resting Suarez a bit more, uh, I mean, uh, as you have mentioned, uh, he's like thir- 35 uh, this January, so uh, it would be wise uh, if Atletico are trying uh, maybe to prolong his career and uh, give him another uh, contract uh, for one or two years, uh, which uh, is what uh, they're rumored uh, to be planning at the moment. Uh, it would be very wise to have uh, another number nine, and uh, Vlavic, I think, is uh, as good an, an option as any, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, you know, considering his age and uh, his skills. Uh, but then you, you would question uh, the, the signing of Cunha and. Uh, maybe Griezmann as well. Uh, so yeah, it remains to be seen uh, what happens. Uh, I think 
like uh, if uh, Suarez uh, uh, renews his contract and uh, Atletico go for Vlahovic, then uh, maybe Atletico will not uh, uh, use their option to sign Griezmann. Um, but, I mean, we, we'll have to see. Uh, Atletico do have uh, the entire season to see how Vlahovic uh, performs uh, and how Griezmann does. Uh, and obviously he's uh, a favourite for Cholo, so uh, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Emmanuel, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what do you think of that? Well, to be honest, I go with Michelle in saying the only way I need to bring another the second strikers leave. And the most probably also at the moment is Cunha. And signing Griezmann really made the Cunha deal to really look like it was an unnecessary deal. So it's really hard to tell. To be honest, I don't know much about Vlaovic. I've read about him and watched some tactical analysis on him, but I'm not really his greatest fan. I know many Aleti fans like him. Those who have watched him know more than I do. But I'm not really <laughs> a fan of him. To be honest, Valencia are willing to spend that much on him. To be honest, well, I'm a fan of Isak. Isak knows the league. Isak can offer what I think we, that is Aleti, need at the moment. So, in my opinion, I wouldn't mind maybe, well, it is harsh on Kunya, to be very honest. But swapping or maybe not going for the Griezmann deal. And then we go for Isak instead. But since Vlaovic is the one, is the player, the team one. If it's Vlaovic, well, I've never been to Aliti signing a player, I will always see them come and prove on the field. But I'm not really from my tune, I guess you can from my tune, I think you can guess that I'm not really a fan of the deal. Maybe we wait until the winter and see what happens with Suarez and the rest. But we, to be honest, we need two strikers and if Suarez leader means we need another. But the way we did business this season is not really looking great, given that we ended with so many secondary strikers. I think four players for one position is not really great, or four players who are very similar. But it all depends because I keep on saying I'm hoping Cholo can mold Cunha into what Femino is at Liverpool at the moment. So if we have something like that, that would be great giving Suarez may leave. And as Suarez is leaving, we have Cunha now as a, another option for a striker and then we can then go for Blagovic. But I don't really, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. To be honest, I'm not, this, we started the travel window, this travel window great with the signing of the Paul and the rest, but the Kunhaldi, I was really a fan of it, of signing him, but I'm not saying I will not support him. Then also the Griezmann, which I'm not also a fan of. So I think we do not in the transfer window well, in my opinion. So that has really left us in a tight situation. That means we had so many cards to play, but at the moment, it seems we have to be very careful now with our move because a wrong move might really jeopardize things. <clears throat> okay, uh, now... Uh, I think uh, you, you have mentioned Isaac, but uh, I I think uh, Real Sociedad uh, wouldn't be uh, uh, very open to selling him, and uh, he he has a high release clause. Uh, I think uh, just renewed uh, his contract this summer, uh, so uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's possible to go for him. Uh, as for Vlahovic, uh, he he will be in the final year of his contract, so uh, I could see his price dropping a little, uh, something like uh, fifty or sixty million. Uh, which uh, definitely isn't 
uh, you know, a low price, but at the same time, uh, it isn't uh, as big a, a gamble as uh, maybe 70 or 80 million. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, for a striker his age, I think it'd be worth it uh, for in the long run. So uh, we'll just have to see uh, what happens uh, from now until uh, the end of the season. But uh, I think we can all agree that uh, we're in no rush to get him uh, in January. Uh, we can uh, wait until uh, this summer uh, to uh, uh, get another player. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, there, there are, I think, other uh, positions which uh, need addressing uh, more than uh, that, this one. Uh, maybe signing a defender or a right back uh, uh, to, to add depth to that position. So uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be in favor of that one uh, instead. Uh, so uh, that brings us to the end uh, of today's episode. Uh, Michael, uh, thank you so very much for coming today. It was a blast <laughs> having you. Thank you very much, guys. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, and Emmanuel, uh, as ever, uh, thank you so much for coming. Well, it's always been a pleasure discussing you at Tar and also now today discussing <laughs> with Michel, which I was expecting him to say Suarez has fought against all the oppositions he has faced in La Liga, which is 31, and give us some stats, but <laughs> no problem. So if you are not following him, guys, do follow him as Spanish Analytics on Twitter. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can second that. Uh, one of the uh, best uh, accounts around uh, on Twitter and uh, one of the nicest guys around as well. So uh, go follow him. Uh, we, we will uh, mention him on, on the tweet. Uh, and yeah, again, uh, thanks so much for coming. And uh, thank you for listening to today's episode. Uh, see you next week.
Porque siempre la afición se estremece con pasión cuando quedas entre todos campeón. Y se ve frente al balón a un equipo de verdad que esta tarde de ambiente llenará. 